Blog Talk Radio. Minions, welcome to the balance. Here it is, October 23rd, 2021. <clears throat> well, that has a lot of significance, I guess. If you're my twin sister, my roommate, happy birthday to my twin sister. Uh, you know, 53 years, there's a lot of good things that have happened, but certainly one of the best has been my son, my granddaughter, and my step grandson. So uh, good to have all of them around. But most importantly, today is the day that we do the balance on the Balance Radio Network. We've got a great show uh, lined up for you today. I really do. I'm really excited for our NFL segment. We're going to get into that more in, in, a, in a few minutes. Uh, but Rick Riggin, our official in a, uh, college football prognosticator, will be joining us here in just a few minutes. He's running fashionably late. Uh, and Adam Jividen is uh, bringing in his uh, Ohio State Buckeyes via secret – envelope and we're going to open that up. <laughs> NASCAR in Kansas, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com. Our official NASCAR contributor will be joining us uh, to as we wrap down the NASCAR season. Who's going to be the NASCAR champion? We are going to find out uh, coming up soon. And of course, Tony, if we have a little bit of time, we're going to be talking some NBA and Pacers but yes, wait, <clears throat> there's more. Ed Kratz uh, is in Las Vegas for the family, uh, but we are honored to be joined uh, by Giovanni Hamilton, Eagles, and Carson Wentz, super fan. And let me tell you what, this is the highlight of today's show. You don't want to miss this uh, at all, uh, as, as we are really excited to have him, and, and we'll talk more about who he is and uh, why it's why he's such a big interview for us today we are super stoked to have giovanni on later on today <clears throat> so uh stick around later on the show he's coming up in the third segment at 10 30 a.m eastern we're here in indianapolis high atop the balance radio uh, balance studios in indianapolis indiana the west suburbs of indianapolis indiana my name is tom marquis el presidente make sure you follow us on at twitter and T-Balance, T-Balance at Twitter. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We'll be right back to get things kicked off right here on the Balance Radio Network. Air 
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got it's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. the balance time to get things kicked off standing by with us now is rick riggan our official college football prognosticator how you doing sir <clears throat> pretty good i'm just trying to hustle back into the house here shuffle back in sounds like yeah. a, a an, an audible call by carson winter oh no i had to go on a you know how i am i cannot <laughs> function off the white monster energy drinks and i had to go run out and grab them because I have some of my truck, but my son has my truck, so it does me no good. Well, you know the key to that. Is, I mean, I like the, the the Monster Energy drinks, but you know the key to having that problem solved is having some in the house or having some Black Rifle. They would not go. survive in my house. They would not survive. <laughs> They're on hand. I'm just going to drink them. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, smells, it smells like beer at my house, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, right, Black yeah. Rifle Coffee, uh, love them. Uh, they get, buy a bag, give a bag, and certainly they're, they're great for the veteran causes. I'm drinking Freedom Fuel right now. I'm kind of been on that. Uh, actually sent a bag of that to my mom. Uh, so see what she thinks about that. But yeah, Frida, you know, the Black Rifle Coffee is, I don't know. Might be better for you then. <laughs> pick pick our vices there, uh, Rick. <laughs> hey, I, I I tell you what though, if you're able to get a chance because Clarksville, Tennessee isn't too far from here, and I know they have brick and mortar stores kind of all over the place, but they have one in Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, if you go in to a brick and mortar store, actual Black Rifle, uh, you see a bunch of other like coffee that you didn't even know they made because a lot of stuff doesn't even show up online. When you go to buy it, so it, it's it's actually really neat. It's actually a really cool coffee shop too. So yeah, you go I mean, to a I, black I, store, then go. <laughs> I I uh, I've seen the pictures that you've posted. That's really really cool. Yeah, Black Rifle Coffee certainly <clears throat> uh, one of the best things going on. Well, let's get into some college football. Uh, you know, I, again, we we talked about this in the opening dialogue. Really huge. Uh, in the in our last segment, in our NFL segment, we're going to be having a great guest, uh, probably one of the, the best interviews we've had lined up in a while. Giovanni Hamilton is going to be joining us. He's, he's Eagles and Carson Wentz super fan. There's a lot to his story that we'll we'll, we'll get into a little bit later uh, that, that, that talks about how big of a, of a story is. I encourage you to go follow him on Twitter. Ed Kratz will not be able to join us today. Uh, he's got some family obligations and is still in Las Vegas. I guess if you've got to be stuck somewhere, that's the place to be stuck. But I wish him the best because I know the, the situation behind that. But so let's get kick, things get kicked off. Uh, you know, you can get into some of these games, but I know you're going to be going to the Navy game in a couple of weeks here, maybe Notre Dame game. Oh, yeah. Uh, that might be next week. Uh, but before that, they've got the 6-0, and which is one of the – well – there's a, just a handful of undefeated teams in the college football world. Uh, but Cincinnati Bearcats being one of them. We know, you know, I know, we all know what Cincinnati Bearcats are, are capable of. And we've talked about, and we'll probably can talk about it here again in a minute, that still doesn't pave their way uh, to the playoffs, even though they're at 6-0 and right now. They got the Navy midshipmen today. Always love to watch the service academies. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm Army, you're Navy, but uh, you know we, I mean, you're Air Force. I'm sorry, I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not part of the uh, boat club. <laughs> uh, but but uh, you know, always like, like to watch these service academies. Cincinnati at the Navy midshipmen. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot of excitement here, but however, we always like to play for root for chaos, and, and, and there's always there's always a path. I mean, if you've got uh, two people starting a game, there's a path. Now, does that path always get followed? And we use our common sense. It says that Navy midshipmen will, will go one and six, and and uh, the uh, Bearcats will go seven and zero. Oh. But more importantly, let's revisit that conversation that we talked about about the Bearcats being six and zero oh and still not have solidified themselves in the college football playoffs. Rick, what say you? Yeah, I'm actually glad you brought this up first thing on the show, brought up Cincinnati, because, you know, I went to that game, and it was a heartbreaking loss. So, of course, me, being the fan I am, I'm always mad at the team that beats us. But at the same time, I kind of want them to make the playoff, because if that ends up being Notre Dame's only loss, then our only loss is to a playoff team. 
But I still think Cincinnati needs a lot of help, even though they're ranked number two right now. Uh, I know they got a lot of help with Bama losing to A&M. Uh, but even with that, they still need help because there's a lot of ifs in play because we're only halfway through the season, right? So, but let's say Bama, Georgia, SEC title day, title game, Bama beats Georgia. Well, Georgia and Bama are both going to be in. Uh, if Michigan stays undefeated, wins the Big Ten, Michigan's going to be in the playoffs. And if Oklahoma stays undefeated, they went out, win the Big 12, they're going to be in the playoffs. That's going to boot Cincinnati out. I mean, it's not a whole lot of ifs. It's like three things that can happen for Cincinnati to still not make the playoff because that win against Notre Dame, Notre Dame is not that good this year. I mean, they're a solid team, but not good. It's a rebuild year. So when the committee looks at Cincinnati's resume, compare those other teams, even with the loss, even if Ohio State with one loss wins the Big Ten, could still jump Cincinnati. So they still need help. Well, it goes back to our conversation that we've always said is the strength of schedule and that really what shows it all. And and I, I always find that gray line area is you, you can be undefeated and still have a strength of schedule issue. And it, I've always felt like, and maybe I'm an anomaly in thinking this, but I've always felt like every other NCAA sport can do a tournament it doesn't have to be as big as March Madness. I'm not saying that, but can do a tournament based on the same sort of criteria. I've never understood why college football has to be the the one to do things different. And I just feel like this gives because that that just breeds Alabama being a champion every single year because well they're Alabama and there's they fall on the strength of schedule just because they're Alabama. They don't really ever have to deal with well, we're playing a, a weaker team than us because as far as the committee is concerned, Alabama is the strongest team. So there is no strength of schedule consideration for them. Right. You know, being the SEC, it's the toughest conference, I think, you know, in football every year. That just helps Alabama, and they can go out and schedule uh, these uh, Division Two teams or one A teams where you want to call them one game a year, pay them a million dollars, they can, you know, tune up on them, I guess. Uh, so they'll even count those games. Uh, if, if you go back and look, when they do have these games against the uh, Division One AA school, a lot of years they don't even have that in the win column as far as their schedule, uh, like towards the rankings. If you can look, Alabama would be like 8-0 when everybody else is 9-0, and they're 8-0 because they play one of these tune-up schools. But <laughs> I love it when you say that. Well, that's, that's what it is. Well, right. what if, I mean, it's, it's a great name. What if one of those schools actually beat them? They're going to count that loss, definitely. So I don't even know why I even play them in the first place. It's like not fun for the fans. It's a waste of money for the fans to go watch those games. And it does nothing. Like, you don't see the NFL halfway through the season uh, play a Canadian football team, you know, from the Canadian Football League. So well, mm-hmm. I don't know why they did it in college football. Well, let's uh, let's get into some of these other games. Let's talk about Northwestern and Michigan. Northwestern has a decent defense, and, and, and we'll get some stops. Uh, but the uh, but the Wildcats have been no stranger to losing to Michigan. And you know, as 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 much as we don't like the uh, the khaki parade over there, uh, <laughs> right? 
ET's turned it around. I mean, and you got you got to you got to look at Michigan uh, having a a pretty strong game today. And with I mean, to, to cover a massive spread, I think it's twenty three and a half. Uh, that's what the last I saw about it. But certainly, this is Michigan Michigan's game all day long. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> Well, I, I will say that there have been some games this year. Definitely go back and look at that Rutgers game where Michigan just struggles to move the ball. And I don't know what it is or why it is. They don't get the running game going, and then McNamara is not like uh, – he, he's a good quarterback. He's not great, doesn't have a great arm. Uh, but he is a, a good manager, and he can hit the open guy. But for some reason, they, uh, they can't get moving down the field. So I don't know if uh, Northwestern defensively is – that good to hold them to that kind of game like Rutgers did. But uh, what did you say that spread was? Would you say it's 24 and a half? I thought it was 23. 23 and a half is what I think I saw. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I Michigan would win that game, but I would take uh, I would take Northwestern to cover that spread at least. I mean, you know, that's four scores. So, <laughs> You know, moving on, you know, typically when we talk about LSU and number 12 Ole Miss, we'd be seeing a number in front of LSU. We'd be talking about a much stronger game. We're talking about a distraction that I, I just kind of just really, if you rip the Band-Aid off, is what I'm saying, and I'm referring to, to Coach Oregon, Oregon uh, leaving LSU and <laughs> he's broke. Uh, Oregon uh, broke uh, and um, – I mean, you you know his voice, so um, yeah, he's a Cajun cookie monster. You know, it's like the perfect fit to, for a coach to be at LSU, I think. So they agreed mutually to part ways, which basically means we're going to fire you and not renew your contract. But that's a nice way of putting it out to the public. You talked about the the fall from. I mean. For a an LSU or, or any national uh, champion to coach to fall so much that they lose their job, you you got to wonder what's going on there. To me, now we've got a distraction, especially as you know. No, I don't think LSU has a, a chance in hell to get to the the playoffs, but it's a distraction, and it, it's it's certainly an unfair distraction to the team. If I was if I was if you came to that decision and you knew that's where you were going, either don't make it public to the team or anything else and just wait till they make it public, or if you're going to make it public, rip the Band-Aid off and just go on about your way. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I love Coach O. Uh, he's one of my favorite coaches of all time. I mean, he's a hell of a nice guy. You, know, you always see him out in the community doing great. You always see him out in the community uh, chasing tail, too. Uh, don't forget about that. That's like another big thing that uh, he's uh, known for doing. So, But the best thing that he did, and let's not kid ourselves here, two years ago when they won the national championship is he stepped aside and he let Joe Brady and Dave Aranda run the team. Joe Brady with the offense, Dave Aranda the defense. Of course, they had Joe Burrow, they had Jabbar Chase, uh, Grant Delpit. You know, they had a, a ton of talent, and he stepped aside and just acted as a manager, basically and let those guys uh, do what they do. And uh, that's how they had that season two years ago. Absolutely. Well, you know, let's uh, go ahead and talk about another game going on today uh, down in Bloomington. 
I hey, that'd be a fun one to go to. <laughs> you know, I, I wish that uh, we were going to have uh, uh, Adam on, uh, but uh, he's got some other obligations going on. But oh man, you know, I do, figure he might actually go to that game. Well, that might be the other <laughs> obligations. He told me he had other obligations. Yeah. I, you know, uh, that that might be what it is. He might be like, oh, you know, I'm I'm going to to that game. Yeah, but, and, that, but that game ain't held tonight, though. <laughs> I know. So maybe, oh, well. maybe yeah. actually, you know, I, I do know what he's doing. He, he's he he. Uh, a lot of people don't know this about Adam, but he's a pastor too, and. He's got some obligations with his church. He's got some pastoral, uh, is that a word? Pastoral uh, obligations. But what he did say, and we'll just stand by here. We, he said, to, <laughs> we'll, we'll make a big thing. Uh, hold on here. Okay, he said he'd send in his his pick uh, through a, a secret coded text. I have decoded, uh, and here's my prediction for the Ohio State Indiana game. Uh, I can only Ohio imagine. State, Ohio State forty five, Indiana Indiana seventeen, final. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, you know that doesn't sound crazy, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I get so excited, I, and I'm an IU guy. I get so excited every year, especially when I see them starting off well. Yeah. And then we see them, you know, and, and, and really play well against uh, good teams. But something always seems to to happen. Well, you know, I gotta I gotta be nice. Melissa's making me a uh, carrot cake today for the birthday and all of that stuff. But oh, happy birthday! That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm an old man, five three. The oh, best wow. thing that's happened in my fifty three years is the show, my son, my granddaughter, my step grandson, and you, Rick, and my oh, social right. media director, Melissa. <laughs> yeah, right. In that order too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I man. No, I don't know if that order might be a little bit messed up. No, but you know. Uh, we're going to get off in the weeds there, but my son, uh, I met you through my son. So kind that's of right. neat little twist, that's kind of neat right. little twist there. Well, Tennessee, obviously that's Melissa's team, but they got Alabama. I mean, what, 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 what can we say here? Alabama's got, I, I know exactly I mean, what I can it's say. It's Alabama. And Tennessee's probably really drained <laughs> from that old Miss game. But because it's Alabama, we've got to, figure out a way to, to, to throw it in the show. Want to talk with you about your team, USC at Notre Dame. Uh, you wonder where USC is. I think they can come in and actually beat Notre Dame at home, but Notre Dame being Notre Dame, they're not going to go uh, and, and lose two in a row, and especially at home. So I don't think you guys, Notre Dame, have anything to worry about with um, – USC, but I can tell you one thing, because it's USC and because it's Notre Dame, throw everything out the window, they're, they're coming and it's going to be a slugfest. So what are your thoughts tonight, USC at Notre Dame? Yeah, I, I just think, you know, with uh, Clay Helton gone, the interim head coach there at USC, and USC has been a mess now the past two years, 
Now, they do still have Keaton Slovis at quarterback, and he's actually a, a really good quarterback. Uh, but the athletes around him, uh, they're, they're, they're good. I just don't know, you know, tactically on the field uh, just how together they all are. You know, it's just uh, I think they're a mess. Uh, it won't be two losses. It'll be two losses in a row at home from Notre Dame, but it won't be two losses in a row. They did beat Virginia Tech last week. Uh, or two weeks ago, as on by last week. Uh, I, I think Notre Dame takes care of business. Uh, I think the last time I saw the spread on this game is only a touchdown. Uh, I think Notre Dame maybe wins it by 10 to 13 points. Uh, but a couple of yeah, turnovers yeah. here and there. That's, uh, you know, what's ha- what happened in the Cincinnati game is just we're just to hand the ball over to them, you know. Like, it's going to spin this game the other way because uh, Notre Dame is just – not there this year where they can just run away from teams. So they have to protect the ball. If they protect the ball, they're going to win the game. Well, the spread is only seven, like you said, a touchdown. You know, another game why we still got a little bit of time here. Uh, Clemson at Pittsburgh. There's no question this is one of the biggest games for Pitt since it joined the ACC, settling down uh, and living up to the moment to be a legit concern uh, and comp- uh, c- competitor, I should say, uh, but Clemson has crumbled against high-level competition. Now, is Pitt that high-level competition? I, I throw it down the middle there. Uh, and, and it's only – you talk about a spread, that you need, a game you need to stay away from on the spread. What I saw in the spread last was three and a half. Uh, so um, – and that's for uh, prediction Pitt, three and a half. Uh, so you got Pitt, uh, Pitt and Clemson. Uh, I think Clemson gets a win here. But, man, it's going to be another slugfest. Uh, I, I, I'll take Pitt out right here. Uh, uh, who's uh, who's Pitt's quarterback, man? He's uh, he's NFL caliber. I can't think of his name. His name escapes me now all of a sudden. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, you if you're in front of Peter, look that up because I'm just <laughs> – Pitt is Kenny Pitt. Pickett? I'm taking no. Pitt out right. Yeah, Kenny Pickett, that's it. That's right. Kenny Pickett, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's a legit dude, you know. Um NFL caliber quarterback. He, he's probably going to get drafted. Uh, just watch out for listen, listen for his name today. Watch out for what they do. And uh, I'm going to take Pitt out right here. Well, I mean, is he as good as Carson Strong? The only place I'm the only, only window I had to, to to fit it in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think he is considering that who he goes against, plays against, you know, the talent that he sees week in and week out uh, that he has to uh, throw against. Uh, he's probably better uh, than Carson Strong. Yeah. But, you know, I I, I don't study <laughs> their mechanics, you know. <laughs> I don't study the three-step drop, three-step drop for, in the for, team, so I can't say that for sure. <laughs> for, those that, for, the, for those that don't know, uh, University of Nevada does have a football team, and they have a, a quarterback that we're now talking about, and – it's, we always it's kind of an inside joke here, but we always try to fit in the University of Nevada Wolfpack report, and that was this week's report. <laughs> uh, Kenny Pickett is better than Carson Strong. <laughs> oh, so uh, you know we we got uh, and I, I mean, are you going to stay around for the next segment? You stay? Are you going to come back? I know you typically don't talk racing with us, but. But I know you want to I'm be here back. for the last part. So are are you going to stay yeah. around? You going to go or come back? Or what are you going to do? I'm going. I'm going to go and come back. We're talking uh, 9:30 my time, right? 10:30 you. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll you're, you're on back. the other Indiana. You're on the other Indiana time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on. I'm on the only good time in Indiana. <laughs> I, I was down there last weekend, and it's like I keep looking at my phone. Okay, just a little bit past Vincennes, or and just a little bit before Vincennes, it uh, it switches over uh, to, to Central Time. <laughs> and they call it Central Time. I don't know why, because it's all the way in Southern Indiana, and then it doesn't pick back mm-hmm. up again until you get all the way back up by Chicago, and uh, they, they call it uh, Central Time, so I've never understood that. I don't understand the daylight time zone. Why can't we all just get on the same time? <laughs> right, and then the uh, football starting three hours earlier would be pretty nice. <laughs> hey, you know, he, here's the thing, and my my uh, office, my job that pays the bills uh, is out in San Mateo, which is just outside of San Francisco, Big 49er base there. Certainly there's going to be a bunch of stuff going on between the Indianapolis office and the San Francisco office this week. Uh, but they're always like texting and whatever. It's like, it's like noon to us. They're like, Oh, got my coffee and ready for football. That is kind of one of the things I enjoy about those uh, games across the pond. Right. Yeah. You wake up so at eight o'clock in the morning and it's football time. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're going to let you you uh, go get your Monster Energy drink or whatever and, and swing back. We got uh, Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest and uh, Tony Donahue who's going to be joining us as well. NASCAR's coming up in their, in their final leg of things. We're going to come back. We've got a great guest coming back at, at 1030 in our NFL segment, uh, and that's by Giovanni Hamilton, a 14-year-old podcaster. This is an interview you don't want to miss. My name's Tom Marquisell, President. Hey, Rick, we'll see you here in a few, right here on the on, when you come back after All right. whatever it is you're going to do. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll right. see you. <laughs> see ya. Rick Reagan, our college football prognosticator, joins us as we move on down the road here and get into our, our racing uh, world, if you will. My name's Tom Marquis L. Presidente, 917-889-8516. On the other side, Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest. Uh, editor-in-chief and our official NASCAR contributor, and Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast, right around the corner, right here on the Balance Radio Network. Hi, this is a good one, kind of groove. Don't go to Geico.com. Car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and 
Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're my eyes. moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Welcome back to the balance. My name is Tom Mark Lassell, Presidente, one quarter in the books. Thank Rick Riggin, our college football prognosticator, as we break down the big games this week. Joining us now is Steve Wilson, editor in chief of Speedway Digest and our official NASCAR contributor. Sir, how are you? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Fantastic. I'm 53 years old today. Like I was just saying earlier, the best thing that's happened in my 53 years is my son, granddaughter, step-grandson, uh, the show, Melissa, and you. <laughs> Thanks for being a part of the show. But, no, yeah, you know, it's, it's just another day. It's another day in the books. But uh, joining us now also is Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast. Tony, how are you, sir? Good. How are we doing? Hey, man, I was just telling Steve how old I feel because today's my birthday at 53. But, you know, keep on plugging along. You know, at least I've got a, a granddaughter, uh, my step-grandson, the show. You know, well, life can't get any yeah. any, any better. Melissa's making me a, a carrot cake today. So life is, oh, okay. is definitely, definitely good. Well, guys, let's get into this, and, and I know we, we may not have a lot of time with you, Tony, uh, so we may have to push the uh, NBA talk off to another time because I wanted to make sure we cover all the racing that, that's going on. We'll start with you, Tony. Kansas, big, uh, big race. I mean, can we, and I think we could all maybe mutually agree that we can now begin to say that, that Kyle Larson is the NASCAR champion of 2021, Tony. Well, I mean, you would think, and then you get down to the last race of the year, and anything can happen. So that's why it's uh, that's the drama that NASCAR has, has has put in there. That's what they want. Um, and you know, he is really good at almost every track they go to. It's kind of crazy that it was a year ago this week. I think that he was reinstated by NASCAR. Just what he, you know, what what has yeah. happened, and 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 a quick turnaround. So um, he is definitely the favorite with eight wins. But anything can happen. We saw it so many times at Homestead that anything can happen down that last race. So um, you could pencil them in, but I wouldn't write it down in ink. Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. Steve, we've been talking about Kyle Larson all season long 
all of this happened and what a comeback story that was. And, you know, I'm, I'm all for somebody getting a second chance, and he's gotten that second chance. He's earned that second chance, and he did everything he can do to get to where he's at right now. Uh, but uh, what are your thoughts as we go into this weekend out at Kansas? Kyle Larson in front again there. Uh, certainly, again, as Tony just said, you, you never know what's going to happen there at Homestead. But we can probably begin to see uh, the the beginning of a championship. What would you say, uh, uh, Steve? Sorry. Yeah, um, you know, Kyle Larson has, you know, since he's come over and was reinstated by NASCAR and and Rick Hendrick brought him on to to drive that number five car this year. It's uh, you know, eight wins this year. He, the next closest driver to him is is Ryan Blaney with three, um, and Denny Hamlin with two. Uh, you know, here here we are this deep in the season. Um, you know, all all together, um you, you look at um Kyle Larson, he's got something like uh sixteen, seventeen stage wins throughout the year. Uh the next even closest person to him is uh is Denny Hamlin somewhere around um, nine or ten. Um so you know it's uh you know, you can see where where the the championship season is really forming up around Kyle Larson, and you know, going into the last race, yes, NASCAR, um, you know, kind of wants to be the 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 one race to to take it all in, and anything can happen. But um, I think with uh, you know what we've seen with Kyle Larson, um, you know, this year, um, you know, he's he's really been um as as the season has worn on as we've get, gotten to some of these races he swept uh Charlotte this year um you know both the oval track and the roval track uh he point i mean he won his way into the championship finale last week um so you know it's just you know he, you know Kyle Larson is just he seems to be the driver that everybody is is trying to figure out and how they're going to get get around and um I, he's going to be a tough tough uh cookie when it comes to to um phoenix in uh two weeks so uh yeah i i think anything can win but i think we have to continue looking at kyle larson i think this is um you know what you know for for all the trials and tribulations he's been through over the last year i think this is a an incredible comeback story yeah, I do too. Real quickly, guys, and just so we we've talked about it, I don't want to spend a lot of time with it. But but Tony, we'll just kind of get your thoughts on this. I mean, uh, I don't know why I'm calling you Ed today, Steve. Just go with it. I don't know. Uh, get your thoughts on it. Uh, Carson Ware suspended indefinitely. Gets caught arrested for I believe domestic violence. And I thought maybe I read somewhere where there was some drug trafficking. He's never coming. He's not going to get the Kyle Larson second chance. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, I didn't, and, and maybe I just haven't followed it as as closely, but I didn't even realize that there was another where um, that raced. And look, I know Cody, his brother, has mental illness issues and has yeah. been uh, ha- has talked about that. So again, you really don't know what's going on inside of somebody's brain. But um, you know, it's I, I just question a lot of things with Rick Ware racing, and it's just kind of odd that he comes in. Yeah, I know that he used to race trucks in the in the nineties, but he comes in with a headache medic, like a, basically a medication to cure headaches. And now all of a sudden he's running all these cars and he's running, um, he's running, you know, a couple of Indy cars and you're just kind of like, 
does this guy just have this much money to go and do this? I mean, it's a very expensive hobby. And, 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 and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because I watched the documentary on Netflix about Randy Lanier, the, the Indy 500 rookie of the year in 1985 mm-hmm. that was smuggling drugs. But um, I just thought it just all seems so fishy that all of a sudden Rick Ware's got, you know, running Indy cars and he's got NASCARs and he's, it's just it's all a little odd to me. You know, I totally agree, and that's one reason why I thought we'd spend a few minutes. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it on on today's show, but uh, you, you know, Steve, you're our official NASCAR contributor, and I I merit a lot to what Tony just said to be in being truth. Things that doesn't seem to uh, pass the smell test, if you will. Uh, Steve, what are your thoughts on uh, uh, the suspension? Well, indefinitely suspension of, of Carson Ware. Uh, obviously, I think a re- result of a domestic violence arrest but anyway uh, what are your thoughts steve yeah this this is uh you know this is an unfortunate situation all around and um you know there there's um you know he he's been indefinitely suspended by by nascar and you know following that arrest and uh you know not not only was there some domestic violence there but there was also uh you know part of the incident was where he um uh got into uh um you know a fight while being by arrested by by the the police officer so you know there's some compounding issues there that he's going to have to um really um you know he's he's going to have to uh, deal with coming here in uh, the next coming weeks and months and uh, yeah he he's not going to be somebody that NASCAR is going to look at and say hey you know we're gonna we're gonna give him a second chance um, you know uh, it, it's just unfortunate but that's just kind of how you know that's where we are at this point uh, his best uh, you know bet is if he goes back and. Uh, you know, maybe finds a series, some lower series somewhere that that's willing to take him on. But you know, it's going to be a long, hard road for him to come back from NASCAR or into NASCAR. That's for sure. All right, let's get back on track. No pun intended, Steve. Uh, Kansas, uh, a fun race to watch. Uh, I mean, so this is going to be a track that's really hard on the Goodyear tires. Uh, let's talk about the the Kansas track and and how the our team's preparing uh, for a a very very important race in the playoff contention uh, series uh steve yeah you know kansas is kansas is a is a is a track where you know nascar nascar has continuously tried to find ways with packages to, to improve uh both the passing um that that we see on these 1.5 mile racetracks and uh you know kansas is, is a track that you know i think uh you know, as the the longer we see it in in this deep into the Cup Series uh, playoffs, I think you know maybe a realignment into the fact of where it really belongs on the schedule, and I think NASCAR hopefully will take a look at some of that. But you know, looking at this, uh, you know, you've you've got you know you know I know that Kevin Harvick is out of this thing at this point, um, but you know he he. He right now he leads all the active drivers um, that that's won at this track and he's got five wins out there. Uh, I know that really doesn't mean a whole lot for for a championship or you know uh, anything like that. But you know you know win this deep in the season can hopefully turn some of that stuff around that Stuart Haas Racing has uh, kind of. Uh, you know, it, it's really been an, a, a downer of a season for them. It, it took Kevin Harvick quite some time this year to really, um, <clears throat> excuse me, get 
in the groove of things and, and finally, uh, you know, see uh, Eric Almarola win. And I think it was like July, late July before Stuart Hall's race and finally went to victory lane. Uh, so, you know, that, that whole team needs kind of a turnaround, but especially for Kevin Harvick after the incident there uh, a couple of weeks ago that really knocked him out at the Roval, um, you know, while, you know, within one or two points over the cut line, uh, you know, going into the 2022 season, he hopefully can get some, uh, uh, you know, a, a little bit of traction. I know that, you know, you need uh, some momentum going into the next year and with the next gen and things like that. But, you know, that, that whole organization as a whole hopefully can get some t- turnaround here in the late part of the season and um, maybe take them back to victory lane, especially with uh, Kevin Harvick. Um, and, and and I think you also look at um, Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr. is a driver that we continue to talk about at these 1.5-mile racetracks. Um, he's won out there a couple of times on his own. So, you know, we, we've got a, a, a diverse group of drivers out there, and Truex himself, he's right now sitting below the cut line, and he will need to, um, you know, put something together this weekend uh, or next weekend at Martinsville, one of the two, and very quickly because uh, he's uh, he's uh, somewhere around uh, 20, 25 points, somewhere like that out of the out of the cut line. He's pretty deep into this thing right now. So, um, you know, if if he's going to make a change, hopefully that change is going to is going to have to come pretty quickly. Ben, really the only way I see him doing that is he's going to have to win this week and next week. Dave Wilson, our official NASCAR contributor, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest. Uh, Tony, I know you got a hard drop here. I'm going to go ahead and give you the floor. Uh, give us uh, your your pros and cons of this week's uh, race or any words of wisdom before you drop off, sir. I mean, yeah, kind of like what, what Steve just said. It's you, you can break down this field. I mean, I, I think usually we see the guys that are last in the championship running towards the front. I mean, obviously we know Kyle Larson, what he's done. I've been very – I mean, Ryan Blaney's having a career year, yet he's just second in points, and he's way back because of just what Kyle Larson has done. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I think I really like Denny Hamlin this weekend to uh, maybe take that, that, that step and, and, and get that win and say, hey – you know, and, and, and he's very good at the, at the next two tracks for sure. I mean, he's so good at Martinsville, so we'll see. But um, And, you know, we didn't even really talk about him much, but Penske still has three three drivers left. They've still got three bullets left in the gun. So we'll see if Team Penske can, can uh, at least get one of those cars into the final four. I'm sure Blaney will be there, um, but you got to look out for guys like Hamlin, Chase Elliott, and Kyle Busch as well. Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast. What are you guys working on this week? Got a bunch of uh, stuff with the Pacers underway. Not a very good start to the season. Colts starting to finally find their rhythm, and uh, we'll just keep on rolling on. You know, speaking of the Colts, what a great win that was last week. Uh, but, you know, an even bigger win for Carson Wentz. And we're and I, and I know you probably saw it here locally, uh, but Giovanni Hamilton was in town. He's a, uh, a 14-year-old podcaster who has a, a birth defect. We're going to get into to that. But he was able to, to ring the anvil. But he was a huge Carson Wentz fan. Carson brought him in. And how exciting was that for that? He's going to be in our next segment as Giovanni Hamilton. Uh, but, yeah, but what a great win that was for Carson Wentz and and also Giovanni Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to take care of the bad teams at home. They did that 31-3 confidence builder. Now can you go on the road against a, a very up-and-down San Francisco 49er team and get a win on Sunday Night Football? I mean, the schedule lightens up a little bit, but there's still some tough, some tough plays ahead for the Colts. So we'll see what happens. 
All right, Tony, we look forward to uh, connecting with you again, and we'll get your podcast up as well. Sounds good. Take care, guys. Tony Donahue with the Tony D Podcast. He's our all-around Swiss Army knight. Steve, uh, but let's get back on track. Again, no pun intended. I can only use one joke a, a week, so you got to keep me <laughs> keep me in line here. But yeah, you know, we go into Kansas, and we've got a lot of storylines that we that we can talk about. And, and you know, some of the, the things that we look about about in in, the, in each of the last ten playoff races, Ford hasn't had a win. Is there something going on there? Should we be reading into the tea leaves or what's going on with Ford? Well, you know, over the last prevailing years, it's really been Tony Sterhoff racing that has been the prevailing wins when it comes to Ford going to victory lane. And they've just had a very, very tough year. As I said, Kevin Harvick hasn't been to victory lane at all this year. Uh, you you haven't seen uh, Eric Almarola go to victory lane. The last time that the organization went to victory lane as a whole was, was back in uh, late July at New Hampshire. So, um, you know, it, it's been tough for that organization. And while um, Penske has always been a dominant factor in the Ford camp also, we've all We've always seen, you know, the Stuart Haas racing um, drivers as the ones that have kind of led the way over the last couple of years, especially as they've expanded upon and, and now a four-car team. Um, you know, with, with Brad Keselowski, he's kind of, uh, you know, we knew, we all know with him he's going to be moving over uh, to Rash Fenway Racing next year. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how much Penske is, uh, you know, I know he's in the playoffs and he's, he's right there on the cusp of potentially being able to get in, um, providing that he can get above that cut line. Um, you know, it's just, you know, I don't, I don't know how much, you know, Penske is allocating resources to him versus somebody like Ryan Blaney, who is second in point. Um, but yeah, you know, Ford, Ford definitely needs, a. You know, some some turnaround when it comes to all of this and inside of their organizations, and uh, you know, it's you know for them, uh, you know, that there's a lot of allocation of resources onto next year with the next gen cars and things like that that they've got going on. But they just need to uh, kind of all figure out all at one time, and they're not the only ones that are struggling too. But but yeah, Ford is uh, Ford unfortunately has been you know just you know, uh, kind of left to languish a bit um, just in the absence of, uh, you know, the, the Stuart Haas racings of the world uh, going to victory lane uh, as much as we're we're used to them. And, and you look back at what Kevin Harvick did last year. Kevin Harvick won uh, <clears throat> like three, four times last year, and, you know, we've seen nothing out of him this year. So it's just – you know, we're we're you know we're we're looking at things like that that you know Ford is uh, going to have to improve upon, especially next year with a new platform. And you mentioned Denny Hamlin. You know, Texas Mark Denny Hamlin's uh, first finish outside of the top ten in any of the seven playoff races this season, uh, but the number eleven team still earned an eleventh uh, place result after a late contact. Uh, and Denny Hamilton holds the best average finish through the playoffs uh, with with the, with the Close to Kyle Larson's runner-up with an average of 8.3, ahead of uh, Brad Kowalski's 8.4. Danny Hamilton not out of the mix yet, uh, but we certainly know that he's got a lot of ground to, to make up. We, we kind of think that the first we, – we, we talked about this earlier. We kind of think that we have at least one driver into the championship race, and we think that's actually going to be the champion, and that's Kyle Larson. Who else do we look for today to appear to 
to come into the championship race mix? Well, you know, as I as I mentioned earlier here, Martin Truex Jr. Um, he he's a, he's a driver at these mile and a half racetracks, and he's uh, he's the only other uh, the only other driver out there that um, has has won, um, you know, uh, consistently on these mile and a half racetracks. And you take a look at uh, what he's done. I think it was back in 2017 he swept the season, uh, and he's been a driver at, at that we continue to watch at these mile and a half racetrack so uh if anybody who's who's trying to you know take the you know that hail mary and, and you know not have to worry about going to martinsville next week and, and having to to put 500 laps around that small little bull ring and not get in trouble and try to go to victory lane i think that would be martin drugs jr that's just really just trying to you know get dig that dig out of that hole and uh aside from that um Mm, you know, I know that Chase Elliott, I know he he's the perennial favorite that people really want him to get into the championship race, but you have to look at his struggles this year, too. You know, him and Harvick have, have tangled on multiple occasions. Um, you know, uh, back at the Roval, uh, um, uh, Elliott uh, was uh, as much as two or three laps down at one point and used the favoring uh, uh, free pass and things like that to get back on the lead lap and and keep his championship host alive while Kevin Harvick uh, is you – know, Kevin Harvick's was dashed. So I think you um, – you know, the, the, the favoritism between – behind him, you know, with the fan base of really wanting to see him be able to challenge for that championship, um, you know, I, I – you know, I I don't know if he he'll be able to do anything this week, but I think he'll he'll really have to dig deep next week in uh, at Martinsville. But you know, all together, I think you look at just at least those two underneath the cut line, and then if you then you have uh, Denny Hamlin and Brian Blaney. Those are the other two drivers that I'm looking at right now. Uh, Denny Hamlin, uh, you know, still searching for that first championship that he has, that has uh, so long escaped him and he's been in these situations time and time again and at the last moment has seen his championship hopes dash so uh i think you know him and he's he's really been battling with kyle larson uh, neck and neck all year long while you look at some of the stats between the two it probably doesn't look you know as as that they have been battling like they have but you have to remember that denny hamlin at one point he was in charge of the championship points even though that he was not winning as consistently as as Kyle Larson was, and it was really, you know, many, many of the races into the season and almost to the playoffs before we start seeing Denny Hamlin come alive and start winning, uh, taking home victories. So um, now that we are in the playoffs, he's, he's been a, a, a driver that has uh, put some of those past issues behind him, apparently, and focusing on that championship. And I think we look at him again, too. Um, but, yeah, but and the last one, just right, real quickly, is Ryan Blaney. I think Penske wants to get at least one of their drivers in, and I think that they're really banking on the fact that, you know, Ryan Blaney would be that driver right now with um, being second in points. We're joined by Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, and we're wrapping things up in the championship series. Let's take a quick look at the Xfinity race today. We've got A.J. Allmendinger, Austin Sendrick, uh, Justin Algeiger, and Noah Gregson, uh, the, the, the uh, protege of uh, Dale Jr., uh, three Chevys and a Ford. Uh, so, uh, you know, what, what are we looking at here? Do we really look for any excitement 
Well, we always look for excitement, but is there going to be any type of chaos created in the Xfinity series today? I don't know if there'll be necessarily any uh, mass chaos or anything like that, but you know, I do. You know, I think we have to continue to look at uh, AJ Allmendinger. I mean, this is a guy that that really really struggled when he was in NASCAR before, and particularly in the Cup Series. Um, you know, we've always known that he's a good road racer. He's he's uh, always demonstrated uh, good finishes when it comes to that. But since he's come over to this college racing team, and and not just part time, but full time this season, as he decided that he was going to try and run for the Xfinity Series championship, I mean, take a look at. I mean, he's he's won five races. He's won five races along with Austin Cindric. The two of them are neck and neck. Not only with that, but also with the number of stage wins. Both have ten stage wins apiece. But you know, Agent Almendinger this year, he. He he's he went to Indy. He won up there. He he's won on the Roval. He's won all over the place this year, and you know it's just you know even even at these uh, even at uh, oval tracks uh, that that he's uh, gone to this year, he's been putting out great finishes. He's been the the one that has really led the pack when it comes to the Xfinity Series and being on top. Um, you know, and I and I know uh, Austin Cindric has been right there trying to nip right at him, um, you know, all along the way. Um, but, you know, I think it's really exciting to see a driver like A.J. Allmendinger, who really is a fan favorite. Um, he is likable by the fans, the competitors, and everybody all around that that, that really want to see A.J. Allmendinger. And, I, and I'm not ready to pick, you know, in the Xfinity Series yet because I, I think between this week, Martinsville, and then, you know, what the Phoenix – um, I, I think it's going to be a much closer battle in the Xfinity Series because we're just not seeing the dominating factor uh, like we are with Kyle Larson in the Xfinity Series. You know, we're seeing two drivers that are staying neck and neck with one another, and they've done this all year long. So I think really right now the the closest competition when it comes is going to be between Austin Sanders and A.J. Allmendinger for the championships in the Xfinity Series. And this thing is going to go all the way down to Phoenix, and somebody is going to, going to I believe, have to win to clinch their championship um, in the Xfinity Series um, for those guys. Well, yeah, and absolutely. You look at the – you look at the uh, uh, cup standings, you know, you think, okay, Kyle Larson – Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch. They always say, act like you've been here before. Kyle's never been there before. The other three have been there before. How does Kyle act like he's been there before and still maintain concentration on the prize ahead? Right now, we, we would think together that, that Kyle, it's his championship to lose. But you look names like Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch, in your rearview mirror, thinking that they also know what it takes to get there and have been there. So how, what's Kyle got to do to stay focused? Well, I think it's just the organization that he's in with, I mean, that he is with. I mean, uh, Hendrick Motorsports has 16, 17, something like that, championships that they've won over their, you know, existence. So, you know, they, they have a very deep uh, field of people over there, and you take a look at Jeff Gordon is taking over a lot of the operational uh, the, the the parts of that company uh, as Rick Hendrick kind of uh, you know kind of slows his duties down. Uh, and I'm sure that you take you you've got Kyle Larson or you know Jeff Gordon. One of the two has approached one another, and you have to think this. And they've tried to and they've discussed 
you know, exactly, you know, how to stay focused and do the, and play the long game. And that's really what it is. Um, you know, and, and I know Chase Elliott is over there. So, you know, these, these guys have to be talking with one another. And, and even though that Chase may be the one that's underneath the cut line right now, you know, you have to think that they're all at least giving some each one of each other some kind of, of advice over there as a larger organization that, that, that's looking out for the big picture. And, of course, you want two of your drivers in there, uh, you know, with Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson. But, really, I think you have to put the resources behind who has the best chance at this point. And, and you can see the company is just galvanized around um, Kyle Larson at this point, and that's really what it's going to take. And I think, you know, they just, you know, with an organization like Hendrick Motorsports that's been here, before they've done it before and they've won as many championships as they have before that they they can guide Kyle Larson through this process even though that he may particularly have not been you know a, a play a playoff contender winning eight races in a year before when he's been with with organizations like Chip Ganassi Racing he did win a championship as a can in in the can in series uh, as his march up the ladder to the Cup Series uh you know many years ago so you know. Uh, he knows what it takes to win a championship, even a bit from a lower series. It's still uh, he knows what it takes to to put a season long, even though that we only have ten rates in the playoffs. It's really still a season long effort to put this thing together. So uh, I, I think Kyle Larson is just going to have to keep doing what he's doing and whatever he's doing, uh, don't change it because it seems to be working at this point. Dave Wilson of Speedway Digest, appreciate you joining us, uh, sir. Uh, who's going to win in Kansas today? Oh man, I, you know, I'm. I let's go. Let's go with Austin Cindric today. Okay, we'll go with Austin Cindric. Steve Wilson, our official NASCAR contributor, breaking down the NASCAR Championship Series. Uh, also, thank you to Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast. Uh, Steve, where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? You find us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, SpeedwayDigest.com, and Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest. All right, buddy. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Thanks, man. Talk to you later. Steve Wilson, our official NASCAR contributor, uh, joins us in breaking down as we get things really closer and closer to what we think is going to be a Kyle Larson uh, championship in NASCAR. We'll be right back on the other side with a very special guest that I'm really excited to have. Uh, Giovanni Hamilton will be joining us, a 14-year-old podcaster. Great story he's got to tell. This is one you don't want to miss on the other side. Also, Rick Riggin uh, comes back, our official college football prognosticator, and joins us as well. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente, 917-889-8516 is our digits. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. We were teenage dreaming, front seat leaning, baby, come give me a kiss. Put me on the cover of the Rolling Stone, uptown, down home, American kid. Rolling up in little pink houses, making out on living room couches. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. 
And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwah Piquet, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Maybe I'm blind, thinking I can see through this. All right, welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente. Thank you to Rick Riggin, who's back with us and uh, who kicked the show off with us, talking from college football. We just were joined by Steve Wilson, uh, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDietalks.com, and Tony Donahue with the Tony D Podcast, breaking down NASCAR, getting ready for a championship run, what we think might be from Kyle Larson. Really excited for this next segment, and we're going to get right into this. We're joined now uh, by a 14-year-old podcaster based out of Philadelphia. Uh, Ed Kratz wanted to join us today. He's stuck in Vegas with some uh, – well, I won't say stuck, but I know he's in Vegas with some family obligations. But Rick Riggin is stepping in as well to help fill in uh, for Ed. But we're joined now by Giovanni Hamilton, Eagles and Carson Wentz superfan. What a great kid. Just a quick background uh, that we that we we got Giovanni has a uh, a birth defect that um, is kind of a, a combination between muscular dystrophy and dwarfism the way that we that we understand it but that's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about what an impact that this young man has had on the NFL across the board uh, so without further ado uh, Giovanni Hamilton how are you sir welcome to the balance. I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Now, we're located, even though we're a national show, so we're all over the United States right now, and, of course, in our podcast format as well that we do, uh, but we're located here in Indianapolis, and I was really excited to see you at the game uh, last week with your hero, Carson Wentz. First, talk with us a little bit about how that came about and, and what was the reaction when you found out that you were going to get to fly into Indianapolis and have a VIP experience with your hero, Carson Wentz. Um, so Carson got traded, obviously, and I did a video saying that I would miss him in Philly, um, but I was going to watch all the, the indie games and get a Carson Wentz indie jersey, and um, then he did a Zoom with me and told me that he was going to invite me to a Colts game, and 
he invited me to the Texans game, and um, I, I flew out, and then I got to meet him, and it was just a super special moment. Well, that is so fantastic, and that is really, really good. Now, I've been following your work for a while now, and I love your podcast. You have a podcast called Philly Sports with Gianna. Did I say it right? Giovanni. Giovanni, I am so sorry. I've been saying it right. I'll give you a little bit of background about me. I cover race car drivers and stuff. I always mess up somebody's name. So if, if your name gets messed up by me, you're in a, you're in a special, uh, special league. Giovanni Hamilton, uh, your podcast is called Philly Sports with Giovanni. Tell me a little bit about that podcast. How did it come about? Because I've listened to it, and you, are, you, are, you sound great. And I just listened to your last interview with Kenny Moore. We'll talk about that here in a second. But talk with us about how you came about doing your podcast and, and how that's been a, a, a help for you. Um, it, it's been, it's been great. It's been, it, it's really grown, um, my, my brand and everything. And I love doing the podcast. Um, I actually started doing it cause it was my new year's resolution a few years ago. And I've been doing the podcast for a little bit over a year now. And um, I just love talking to everybody and hearing everyone's story. Now, you had a really good interview on your recent podcast uh, with Kenny Moore. And I tell you what, Kenny Moore promised to get you an interception in San Francisco. Let's hope we can keep that <laughs> keep that promise. Uh, my other yeah. job that I work is based out in San Francisco, either, even though I'm based here in Indianapolis. So we've got an inter-office rivalry going on between the Colts and the 49ers. Are you rooting for the Colts this weekend against the 49ers? Yeah, I'm rooting for the Colts. <laughs> so, you know, uh, the Eagles, I, I follow the Eagles. I'm a, I'm a big Eagles fan. Let's talk about the Eagles. Their season has kind of been up and down, maybe not as, as bad as the Colts have had, but it looks like the Colts are starting to find their way. Let's, let's uh, talk about your team, the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and uh, give us this week's game analysis of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so we play Las Vegas, and um... – uh, I I was scared of Las Vegas, but they're kind of kind of rocky now, um, so I think we stand a chance. Um, I I think that the Eagles need um, to develop Jalen Hurts a little bit more. Um, I think that he has to stop trying to be a superhero, and um, I think that he just has to. Um, stop throwing the long ball all the time. Joining us also is Rick Riggin. He's our official college football prognosticator. He's filling in for Ed Kratz. I believe you've met Ed before. Uh, he writes for the Philadelphia yep. Eagles and SI.com. I think you know him. He's a very good friend of the show, and he's actually our official NFL contributor. But Rick is joining us. And so, Rick, I'm going to let you uh, talk with Giovanni here for uh, a minute or two, and you tell me uh, just uh, – Ed, I mean, Rick, I'm going to give you the hell for a minute or two. Sure. Hey, good morning, Giovanni. Good morning. Hey, uh, I think you're on the right show with the amount of Indianapolis Colts and uh, Philadelphia Eagles talk that we do with Tom, uh, you know, our host of the show, big Colts fan, and Ed is basically a weekly guest. 
uh, breaks down the NFL for us, but we get all the inside goods on the Eagles uh, through Ed. I think you're on the correct show this morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just I want to change the the subject a little bit. Uh, you're a Phillies fan, Eagles fan. Uh, do you have a, a, a college football team? Do you watch college sports? Um, I love Penn State. Penn State? Well, yeah. I'll, I'll accept that. I was hoping you would say the Irish. You know, I was really hoping uh, you would say the I'm a big Irish fan. You know, I come on the show, and I'm the Notre Dame apologist uh, for the show, you know. Uh, but I was really hoping, you, yeah, you would say uh, – now, I'm a little confused. Uh, do you live in Indy or do you live in Philly? I live in central Pennsylvania. Okay. Because that – I, I've seen things, uh, some of your stuff on social media, and uh, sometimes it, the way I read it, I, I can see both ways here. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I apologize for that. You know, <laughs> so I think you're just a super fan of both, right? The Colts and the Eagles. Yeah, I love those teams. You're really a, a super <laughs> good friend of Carson Wentz and his foundation. Talk with us a little bit about what Carson Wentz has did for you, but for other kids through his foundation. You want to talk a little bit about his foundation that's helped you along, helped you with your podcast, helped you get interviews, helped you get to games, and, it, you know, just really helped you with your brand, which we think is very, very important. Let's talk a little bit about your brand and what, uh, what you owe to the Carson Wentz Foundation. Um. They, they've done a lot for me, um, setting up all the stuff with the Colts this past weekend. And um, now I have some contacts in the Colts to get interviews. And, and it's just nice. what, what they've been doing for me has been so amazing. And I'm so blessed and grateful to have them. Well, we loved having you here in Indianapolis last. We got a few more minutes with you here. Uh, what was your favorite? I saw I, a good friend of mine. You were on his podcast, uh, John JMV. Do you remember that being on that podcast with him and, and pregame show? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you had a lot going on. <laughs> what was your yeah, favorite? Yeah, he's well traveled. Go ahead, Rick. I, I was just going to say real quick. I mean. He's done this for about a year is what you said, Giovanni. I mean, you already sound like a seasoned veteran. And, you know, guests appearing on other shows all across the country. Uh, so if you if you forget a podcast or two, uh, that's uh, quite all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's completely fine. John's a great friend of the show. I've known John for a long time, and it was really good to see you uh, up there in the pregame in, in Touchdown Alley and stuff. What was your favorite part of your trip oh, to Indianapolis? Yeah. Um, my favorite part of it was probably meeting everybody and um, meeting all the players and being able to go on the sideline. And uh, I loved the night before the Colts game, being able to go out um, on the field when there was no one there and uh, throw some touchdowns. I saw you playing some uh, football pass with Blue, uh, the, the the horse Blue. Uh, wh- what do you think about him? He's quite the character, isn't he? Yeah, he's the best <laughs> mascot in football. Uh-oh, uh-oh. The, you better not let uh, – what's the, what's the Eagles uh, mascot's name? Swoop. Swoop. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, he's, he's pretty cool. You know, I've listened to your podcast a lot. We follow you on Twitter, and I tell you what, like Rick said, you are really sound great. You know, and I'm not just saying that to say that. I, I One of my, my headlines was to have you on the show today. And, you know, we have a lot of people on the show, but I have to say you're certainly one of the top guests we've had on in a long time. When you look at your show over the last year, maybe it's Carson Wentz, maybe it's somebody else, but who's the biggest interview you've had on your podcast since you started it? The biggest interview is probably the first time that I had Chris Long on, um, nice. former former Eagles defensive lineman. Um, he really helped me grow my podcast, and he really helped me get better at the whole podcasting thing. So shout out to Chris. He's amazing. <laughs> oh, great. Do you play fantasy football? Oh, yes, I do. Now tell me about your fantasy football team. You know I have Jalen Hurts as my as one of my starting quarterbacks, and I agree they do need to develop him a little bit, a little bit more. But uh, we'll see what happens. But t- tell me about your your uh, fantasy football team. And is anybody on your fantasy football team have you ever interviewed before? Um, let me look. <laughs> um, I've not interviewed anybody on here. Um, but I have talked to Dak Prescott. I have nice. him on my fantasy team. Now he's in he's in one of my other leagues, so I've got him as well. Well, we 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 only needed we only said we would only have you for a few minutes. We want to keep true to our word here. Thank you to your mom Shannon and and Connor for uh, uh, setting this up. Uh, Rick, any final questions for Giovanni before we let him go? Yeah, just like I said. Uh, I think you're on the right show with all the Colts and Eagles coverage that we do here between Ed and Tom. Uh, me personally, I have no say in the matter because I'm a Lions fan, and you can laugh at that if you want to. Uh, my, my question is, though, uh, to you, and you don't have to be nice. I just want you to give it to me straight. Will my Lions go 0-17 this year? Um, I think they might have one or two wins in there. I agree, Giovanni. I think they might accidentally win one or two. Yeah, accidentally. <laughs> Giovanni Hamilton, 14-year-old podcaster. If you've not checked out his podcast, check it out. We'll get it up on our social media, on on Twitter. Uh, uh, and it's Eagles Unfiltered with Giovanni Hamilton. Giovanni, I always like to, to uh, ask people this. Where can people find your work and masterpieces? And can you give us a word of wisdom before you leave? Um. You can find me on Twitter at Geo the Podcaster. Um, you can uh, listen or watch Philly Sports with Giovanni wherever you get podcasts. You can watch the podcast on YouTube. And the word of wisdom is follow your dreams and um, uh, find something that you really love and you're really passionate. Well, well I think let's you're go following to that, your own That's advice awesome. there. Go ahead, Rick. I didn't mean to talk. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that, that, that that's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, good talking to you this morning, Giovanni. Yeah, Giovanni, that sounds like, <laughs> sounds like you have found your passion and you're following your dream. Yeah, you did. And I, I tell you what, I applaud you. You, you are a standout hero to me. Uh, you're not letting the obstacles in life stop you from following your dream. 
Giovanni Hamilton, thank you for joining us. I hope you have a great weekend. Go Eagles, go Colts. Thank you. Have a great weekend. All right, we'll see you. Yeah, uh, see you, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. Giovanni Hamilton, highlight of the show today, and I love talking to him. Rick, I tell you what, when, when you when you look at I don't want well kid, I mean fourteen year old, but when you look at a fourteen year old and being able to accomplish the things that he has with the obstacles that he has, what a great story that was. What a great interview that was. Uh, outstanding, and I, I tell you what, Giovanni is tougher than all of us, the way I see it right now. I mean, he's uh, what he's going through, and I think I saw he's had something like 20 surgeries now. He's only 14 years old. I mean, he's a he's a better man than me. He's tougher than all of us. Uh, he's outstanding, and he he already sounds like a veteran. And he's been doing he this does. for a very short time. And I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to his podcast, but he he he. I mean, he had a great uh, interview with Kenny Moore. I mean, he's just – and they're not long podcasts. I mean, they're, they're 15, 20 minutes or so, just depending uh, when they drop. But, again, uh, thank you to, to, to Connor, his, his person in the, in the, uh, in the uh, unofficial agent, I guess, and then his mom, obviously, Shannon, for uh, putting this together. Well, let's just uh, – typically, we would go right into our NFL segment. We'll go ahead and do that as we've got a, a couple more uh, minutes here uh, before we have to wrap it up and put a bowl on it. Got to talk about your, your, your Lions. Now, now, we're, now the coach, is, it seems like, uh, <laughs> is blaming the quarterback. And maybe they ended up on the bad end of the deal with the trade. Uh, but, you know, I, I can't see – them going 0-17 because they've been in they, – you look at the record, that's one thing, but you look at how they've played and how, what games they've been in. And let's face it, you almost beat a very good Baltimore team by, by one point. So uh, what, what, what are the – the Lions got the Rams. Now, there's, there's not a pleasant outlook out in L.A. Yeah. There's not a silver lining to this. Uh, but Lions-Rams, that would be a huge win on the road. Come on. I mean – you know what's going to happen, though. Uh, Stafford's going to want to throw for 500 yards you know, against us. We're the youngest roster in the league. Uh, we have a decent offensive line, but we got to stand in there against Aaron Donald this week. So the run game's uh, been pretty decent. I can see that getting blown up a bit. Uh, Jared Goff is he's had some indecision. Uh, I don't know. It's not fully on him. It's just young receivers not being in the spot when they're supposed to be there. Uh, you know, Dan Campbell every week saying it's a total collective team effort from the coaching staff on down. Uh, you know, and he's really got that team coached up to play as one. He's not singling one group out or one player out or nothing. Uh, he blames himself and on down through the players, you know, so he's got the unity with the team the, the, the guy, the team's playing for him. They, they've had, uh, two losses to the last three games. Well, not counting this past Bengals game, but moves on last second field goals. So uh, the team's playing hard for him. They're young. They're inexperienced. Uh, but he's going to get at least three years in Detroit. So we're going to see this thing grow. But it ain't going to grow this week. I tell you that. <laughs> you know, I, I was we were talking about you know fantasy football, and I, I think about Monday night's game. Okay, so I picked up just because I need to get somebody on the wire to fill, fill that position. I p- picked out Dearness De- Johnson on one of my leagues. Uh, not the one that we're in together, but the one in, in my work league. 30-some-odd points, a beast. And, you know, three years ago, 
he was working a, on a fishing boat and, and now one of the Cleveland's top running backs. And what a, I see what a great win. I mean, it was, it was just the Broncos. It was a win. But, I mean, the Browns moving forward. I, I mean, I know that's in Adam's territory as well, but uh, Adam, uh, the, the Browns got a great win, 17-14 over the Broncos on Monday. Still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Was that a question? Yeah. Hi, who's this? Was it in question form? I didn't. I didn't catch it. <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't put the uh, question mark in there. Hi, who's this? Hey, this is Hassan from South. Oh, America. hi, Hassan. You didn't give me the heads up. Hey. Buddy. How are you? Happy birthday, Tom. Hey, I appreciate it. For those of you who don't know, Hassan is uh, on my team in my real job. Remember I told you that my real job based out in the San Francisco area. San Francisco and the Colts, I told him to come on and talk some smack because he knows that the, the, the San Francisco is going to get a loss on the on the road. Joining us now also Rick Riggin, <laughs> our official college football prognosticator. And we just had on Giovanni Hamilton, a 14-year-old podcaster who Excellent story. And but to, Hassan, great to have you on, man. I know that, that you're in our fantasy football league as well. Uh, but we have a in our league. For those that don't know, we have a central and a, and a west division. You're in the west division. Uh, so Hassan, what do you say about the, the 49ers and the Colts? Well, I uh, I say they actually that's going to be probably a great game because I've been watching pretty much every game this season so far, and while Many other years, you might think, okay, this is an easy win for the Niners. Uh, you know, they're struggling. And from what I've seen with the Colts, I mean, I mean, just to pick one piece, I mean, I think the running game is strong with the Colts. But uh, really, overall, I think they're starting to bring some momentum. And what better way to bring it to a brand new, you know, new-ish stadium like like uh, Levi Stadium? Um, and it's pretty interesting, right? Because we got we got a lot of our our real job, as you'd say. We've got pretty much everybody <laughs> in either Indiana or the West Coast, so it's kind of like a workplace uh, rivalry this weekend, and it's going to be a fun game to watch. I've had I fun think watching the running game as Colts. well. Yeah. Now, Rick, you got anything on this uh, 49er Colts game? <laughs> <laughs> I think you two have covered it pretty good. Uh, to me, I think both teams are just they're, – they're tough to cover this year. You know, you just don't know really what you're going to get. As a Lions fan, I could, you know, Hassan, you probably saw that whole second-half comeback in week one. You know, I remember because I'm a mm-hmm. Lions fan. You know, it was just uh, – <laughs> is it a – Garoppolo still your quarterback or is it time for Lance? Lance been Lance played last week. Lance was playing, um, but I don't know. It seemed like the tone around Trey Lance is that there's not a lot of confidence in what he can do just yet. I mean, and it's also kind of the usual story with the Niners is, you know, just when you think you got something good, it seems like it slips away just as fast, right? right? So, I mean, that's, that's the way I feel, too. It's it's yeah, that's like the you know, there's not a lot of co- confidence with with Garoppolo either. So, it mm-hmm. they're tough to cover and talk about. Hey, hey, hey Asan, yeah, we got you here. We we've got to talk about tonight's game. 
because I'm bringing you into the loop here. Uh, mm-hmm. Rick is a big Notre Dame fan. I'm bringing you into the loop here, Rick. Uh, there's a connection between Hassan and USC. Let's just say Uh-oh. he's a USC alumni. So let's let's talk about the game. <laughs> you've got the you've got the college football uh, uh, connection this week, Hassan, and you got the pro football connection. What a better week for you to call and. <laughs> USC takes on Notre Dame tonight. What are you looking for in that game besides a win? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, this actually was a perfect question because you know what I was doing last night? I was was looking at the history of quarterbacks with the USC since I started there. I, I, I attended USC 2014, and so when I came, it was Cody Kessler, um, and then it moved, you know, into into uh, Max Brown, um, moved into Sam Darnold. Now it's uh, uh, I'm actually Kate, his name Kate is Clovis. 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 Yeah, yeah whatever that, that is. I think this is the game. Keaton Clovis. Yeah, I think this is the game he yeah. needs to really prove he's the, you know, the typical sunshine quarterback that USC likes to brand themselves off of because it's big game, rivalry game, Notre Dame. I don't think you're going to catch Notre Dame at a lower point, uh, you know, than than now because usually we catch Notre Dame probably at the worst possible time. They're usually on a really good momentum, but I mean this time they've 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 kind of slipped. And uh, I mean you could you could argue USC is on the upswing because they finally made that decision to let go of Clay Helton. But uh, <laughs> I'm curious. We were how just that, talking about that I'm last curious week. Curious how too. that goes in a big game like this. <laughs> well, there you go, Rick. Uh, you know, USC. We got we got the USC talk. We got Notre Dame talk. I, I tell you what, Notre Dame to lose at home two weeks in a row. That's going to be tough. And but like I said earlier in the show, I don't know if you heard it or not, Hassan. It, all, all bets are out the window when it comes to USC and Notre Dame. It's going to be a a, a slugfest. That, that's for sure. Do you got a score prediction for us tonight, Hassan? Oh boy. Um... I'll just throw something out there. We'll go 17-14. Rick, uh, That's probably not too USC. far off. <laughs> are, are you saying 17-14 USC or Notre Dame? Oh, of course. Fight on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got to wrap it up and put a bowl on. I appreciate you calling us, and we'll talk on the other side at some point. All right. See you, Tom. See you, Rick. See, see you, buddy. Have a good one. Hassan, he's my teammate, uh, team leader, actually, uh, and my other job that I do that pays the bills, and, and uh, we won't get into all that, but I, I move data around. I, uh, I'm the Uber of uh, uh, data, uh, Rick, so, you know, you need data to move from point A to point B. It's only got two, point a, two sources of truth. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get, you don't want to, you don't want to go into my nerd brain uh, of how, how we pay the bills, but that's fine. Uh, it was good to have him call. I knew that I, I threw the invitation out there because he went to USC. He just never let me know he was calling, so I'm glad that, that he called. And it's always good to talk to somebody from another team, like, especially when, when you look at USC and, and, and Notre Dame. You know, what I was going to say, because I listened to Petrol's uh, Papadakis. Uh, he, he's funny, funny as hell. Uh, he was mm-hmm. a fullback, a team captain uh, for USC in the late 90s. So he's still well-connected with the university and everything. So he kind of knows some of the behind-the-scenes, what's going on there. And he talks about there's too many hands on the football program right now. 
and hands that have nothing to do with the football program whatsoever. So it's a big, giant mess. And what he was saying is Notre Dame week, when it's USC Notre Dame, uh, you know, the whole week is a big deal at USC because it's the first ever intersectional rivalry. It's a huge game. You know, it goes back to like the 30s or something like that. And uh, But this is Notre Dame week, and there's no mention of it anywhere on campus, which is the first time he can ever remember that nobody cares. You know, it, it, it's crazy. Uh, he said the program's a mess, and uh, he thinks Notre Dame's going to run for like 400 yards against USC. I don't see that, but uh, I see something like a 24-13 win, Irish, I would say. Uh, yeah, but think, there's going to be some I, moments I in that game. Certainly think yeah. that's in the ballpark. Yeah. Rick, we're going to appreciate you joining us today. we got to wrap it up for the ball. That's what Notre Dame needs but. to do. Just hang on to the ball. Don't turn it over. And, and they'll win. <laughs> so. All right, buddy. We appreciate you <laughs> jumping in on the college football. Also, I really appreciate you jumping in and being a part of this interview with Giovanni Hamilton. Uh, I appreciate you getting his stuff up on Twitter as well. Uh, but uh, where yeah. can people find the work in Masterpieces, sir? Uh, I'm on the Twitter, at Riggin underscore Rick. On the Twitter. All right, Rick. We appreciate you, man. You have a good day. Yep, you too, buddy. See ya. Rick Reagan, our college football prognosticator, uh, talking some college football with us. And then we talked with Tony Donahue for the Tony D Podcast and Steve Wilson from SpeedwayDigest.com, official NASCAR contributor. We had a great time talking with Giovanni Hamilton. Giovanni, you are welcome to come on this show anytime. He's an Eagles at Carson Wentz super fan, was here in Indianapolis last week to watch a Colts win. Um, and certainly he's uh, rooting for the Colts uh, over the 49ers as well and the Eagles over the, the Raiders. He's, he, he carries a dual citizenship, if, if you will. Great interview, great story, and I tell you what, I, I really appreciate him taking the time to come on. Thank you, Connor and Shannon, uh, Giovanni's mom, uh, for helping us uh, put that together. It's really good to have you here uh, today on my birthday as well. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter at CBalance on Facebook, The Balance. Thank you to Melissa for our social media uh, help and also helping getting uh, Giovanni on as well. So my name is Tom Marcos, El Presidente. Remember, don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.